0: Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for joining me today. I'm your host, Robbie Rao, and this is the Jesus Golf Guy podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a word that I got from the Holy Spirit during a golf lesson. I am so excited to share with you. I hope you enjoy. So it was a Thursday morning. I believe it was uh, May 12th, and... I was on the range with this lady who, you know, I've been working with her for years on and off. She comes to, like, like ladies' clinics and stuff. Uh, she's probably in her, like, mid to late 60s, somewhere in there. Um, and she just loves playing the game. She loves playing with her husband and just some friends and stuff. And so I'm watching her hit balls in the range. And mind you, she comes in. She came in because she was struggling uh, that day. And so she's hitting the ball the best I've ever seen her hit it, just connecting on every single one, hitting the ball up in the air, hitting it solid. Um, and she was telling me about how the day earlier, she was really struggling. She like couldn't get the ball over hazards. She just kept topping it in there and stuff like that. And um, she was just frustrated. But I'm telling you, this is the best I've ever seen her hit it. She's very calm, relaxed, and things like that. And so I said to her, I said, listen, the things I'm seeing now is your tempo, your rhythm looks so solid. You, you look confident in your swing, all those things. Then we started talking about those particular holes. And I said, like, on those holes that you struggle hitting the ball over... What typically goes through your mind? And she said that she just is just like, I hope I, I hope I don't hit in the hazard. I hope I get it over, things like that. Um, and so she's really focused on the hazard or whatever she's trying to hit over. And so uh, I told her, I said, listen, what I tell people is like, for example, on hole number two, there's, it's this par three, and this is for people that are really worried about hitting in the water. It's this long par three that is over water. And I say to them, I say, listen, pick the club that's going to get us to the middle of the green, but I want you to really focus on trying to hit that particular club. Into the bunker behind the green. Now, knowing that they can't get there because the middle of the green and the bunker are like 25, 30 yards separate, it's not saying like swing harder. It's more so of saying, I want your focus to be beyond what we see here. I want your focus to be beyond the hazard. I want your focus to be beyond something in the distance, whether it's at like, you know, like a big hill in the back or whatever. Point is, this trick has worked for a lot of people because they, people usually struggle hitting it over stuff. If they're focused on, I hope it doesn't go in the water, oh, oh my gosh, there's something in the way, there's water, there's a hazard that I have to hit it over and I get all stressed out. Where I'm like, listen, set your focus on something in the distance. And as I said this, I heard Holy Spirit so clearly say to me, set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. And that's a verse in Colossians 3, verse 2, and it's something that I've been meditating on for for quite some time, and I heard him say that, and was like, whoa, because, um, you know, when I say, you know, meditating on I've I've meditated on that verse, you know, quite frankly, a lot over the last couple years, but he applied it to this situation set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth and this is one of those words that i got from holy spirit that was literally like so clear and it was so loud in my head like i almost like couldn't even hear the conversation that i was having with with um, this lady and her husband it was like it was so loud i was like okay i got to got to focus got to focus here right in the conversation so set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. See, the focus in golf needs to be on what you want the ball to do, not what you don't want it to do. It needs to be so detailed focus on what you want it to do, and not what you don't want it to do. Likewise, we also must reckon ourselves to be dead to sin and alive to God. We must not focus on screwing up, but focus on who God says that we are. See, in this place, like so many people in golf, they struggle with... They they get so focused, like, almost, like, the way I teach it is, like, there's, like, a spectrum, and so in the middle, like, you know... We'll say, like, a number spectrum. You have a line, you have zeros in the middle, you have all the negative numbers on the left, and the further left you go, the further negative it is. But the further right you go, the more positive the number is, okay? So, if like we're thinking negatively, so we'll say we're thinking on the left side of this line, if we think negatively, we're getting more and more and more negative when it comes to the number here, right? But the more detailed focus we can get about what we want our golf ball to do, the more detailed focus we become in that fashion, you're actually starting to move further and further away from that negative thinking. So I always encourage people, think as detailed as possible when it comes to um, what you want your ball to do because you're going to move so much further away from um, what you don't want it to do. So for example, like on a downhill putt, You know, even if you have a downhill sliding putt 30 feet away, I'll say to people, I'm like, listen, I still want us to try to make it, but I want our focus to be so detailed on how the ball goes in. So, you know, I've seen people do this all the time where they're like, oh, I was trying to make it and they hit the putt 20 feet by. Well, like newsflash, that ball's not going in because it's rolling way too fast by the hole. So even if it hit the hole, it's just going to run right over it or hop over it or whatever. So we have to have a detailed focus on how the ball goes in. So on that downhill 30 foot slider, what I'm thinking is like, I'm trying to make this thing but i want it to like trickle in the hole i want it to hang on that front lip of the hole for like two seconds and then drop so what i'm doing is i'm focusing on the speed at which this ball goes in and how it goes in to the point of like what blade of grass is this ball going to roll over all those things so that that's becomes huge and the thing that's so important here is um, when it comes to our walk with christ our focus has to be removed from what we used to be, and become focused on what we now are. So in Romans chapter six, um, the Holy Spirit through Paul is talking about baptism here and about like what's going on, and and basically like in baptism we were, we like died to sin. We were actually buried with Christ in the water. We are like, so the Bible actually says that we were crucified with him on the cross by baptism. So in the water. And so what happens is like our old man, our old self was actually buried with Jesus. And as we're raised up from the water, we're raised in the newness of life. So just as Christ was raised from the dead, so are we to also walk in the newness of life. This is all in Romans chapter six. So at the very last verse of this little section here in Romans six, um, or one of the last verses, it says in verse eleven, it says, "Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord." Okay, the word "reckon" means to consider, and to consider is to think carefully. So. Likewise, you also reckon or consider or think carefully about yourself to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we are actually supposed to truly consider ourselves to be dead to the very thing that's holding many of us in bondage when it comes to like, oh, you know, I'm just a sinner. It's like, listen, yes, you were and you are on your own, but in Christ Jesus, he set you free from that. He's actually paid the price to forgive you from that here, now, and forevermore. He's taken away the sin. The, the whole The whole idea of, like, I'm still a sinner, it's like, like I hear that on your own, yes. On our own, yes, we are still sinners, but in Christ Jesus, all things are made new. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 talks about this very, very specifically. It says... Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and has given to us the, the ministry of reconciliation." So, what I'm getting at here is we have to look beyond what we see in the natural. We still live in this sinful body. We still live in this flesh, but we have to live from the spirit. We have to set our mind beyond what we see in the natural and set our focus onto what we can see in the spirit because we're called to walk by faith and not by sight. So, I'm going to keep going into this here. So, we are called to reckon ourselves to be dead indeed to sin, to consider yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God and Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, this is like... You know, this will sound super spiritual, super faithful, but yes, it's true. You can't walk in this way without faith. You can't walk in this way seeing things in the natural because, yeah, I mean, we may still screw up, but we have a, we have an advocate with the Father. We just, we slip up, we say, God, I just thank you for forgiving me. I ask you for your forgiveness. I thank you for what Jesus has done. Father, I thank you for leading and guiding me by the Holy Spirit to cause me to not ever sin in this way ever again. Lord, I just thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You just, like, you just reconcile yourself to God in that fashion, right? Okay, good. Now, we're going on to the next part here. So, the whole idea is you have to think carefully about yourself. You have to consider yourself to be dead to sin. So, um, so I've brought this up because, you know, this whole being dead to sin, you have to consider yourself to be dead to sin but alive to God. I've brought this up because, too many times we see people struggling in in things in life is because they just see themselves as such. They don't see themselves how God sees them. So again, just reminding us here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All right, so, you know, in baptism, like I said, we are baptized into Christ. So it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things have become new. So the thing is, in the next verse, it says, now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, right? So what I'm getting at here is we've got to start seeing ourselves how God sees us. You know, like I said in one of my previous podcasts was like, Holy Spirit gave me a word that says, once you know your identity, then things will follow. So for example, can I live like a father if I didn't know I had a children or had a child? No, I couldn't. If I didn't know I had a child, I I would still be doing like just doing whatever. But since I know I have a child, I start doing dad things. I start you know changing diapers. I start you know rocking the baby. Like all these whatever, all that stuff. The point is, once you know your identity, then things will follow. Too many of us try to just live a Christian life, but have no clue how God sees us. So if we're called to be Christ-like, if we don't know who we are in Christ, how can we walk truly Christ-like? Or how we're just going to be trying to do that on our own. But if we begin to start renewing our mind to how God sees us, it then opens the door that we then start walking things out. So again, I'm going to go ahead and read this to you. Romans chapter 8, it talks about this. It's so good. It says, Um, for those who live according to the flesh set their mind on things of the flesh. I'm just going to pause for a second. So there's verses in the Bible that are called the quote-unquote in hymns. I like to call them the identity verses. If you go through the New Testament, specifically the epistles and such, you're going to see a lot of verses that, for example, Romans 8 chapter 1, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So For example, right there, it's telling you there's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So that is a part of our new identity, that we don't have condemnation on us anymore. Why? Because we've been forgiven because of what Jesus has done for us, right? So that's a part of our new identity because we're in Christ, okay? Okay. So this is going to be very important that as you begin reading the Word, like for example in my Bible, I have like all the in Him verses where it says in Christ or in Him or in Jesus or whatever, like in regards to like verbiage when it comes to that, I have them all highlighted in yellow. So I can just kind of flip through my Bible here and I can be like, okay, cool, like this is a new identity verse. This is an identity verse. So I can flip through my Bible and start seeing like how God sees me. So I encourage you, like just go ahead and read like one epistle at a time. I'm epistle like the book of Romans, the book of Corinthians, the books of, or the books of Corinthians, um, you know, the books of like, you know, the book of Ephesians, the book of Colossians, like those things, like go ahead and like just read those and highlight all those identity verses in yellow so that you can kind of flip through there quickly every now and then and just be like, okay, cool. This is how God sees me. All right. Because the whole point is we're called to live Christ-like, but if we don't know who we are in him, it's hard to do that. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and read this again. Romans chapter eight, um, because this is gonna be focused on here like because we're called to consider ourselves or to think carefully about ourselves to be dead to sin but alive to God. Now now we're gonna talk about this word like think and how we think, okay? verse 5 Romans chapter 8 verse 5 For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on things of the flesh but those who live according to the spirit the things of the spirit so to be carnally minded is death or to be fleshly minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace for those who live according to the flesh set their mind on things of the flesh but those who live according to the spirit the things of the spirit so this is where it becomes very very important here so I'm going to relate this right back to golf so basically like level one would be like, let's just try to get the ball over a hazard, right? Level two is going to be, let's focus on something in the distance. Level three is going to be, I want us to be so detailed, focused on how this ball is going to get to where we want it to go. I want it to be so focused on the trajectory, on on the distance, on where it's going to land, how it's going to roll out, how it's going to stop, all those things. I want to be so focused in that area. Okay, because I know if we start focusing on what we want the golf ball to do, then we start playing in that fashion. Like, how many of us have said, All right, don't hit it right here, and we hit it right. Oh, okay, don't hit it left here. I don't want to hit OB, I don't want to hit OB. All of a sudden, we hit it OB. The point is, when we have that focus, it's just very tough to execute a particular shot. So we must begin to focus here when it comes to our walk with Christ on who he says we are and what he says we can do empowered by his Holy Spirit. So there's a really cool promise in um, First Peter. I love this because it's like we live in this fallen world. We live in this sinful world. But like, what are we supposed to do, right? So Second Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As His divine power is given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. His divine power within us is the Holy Spirit. As His divine power is given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So He's given us everything we could possibly need to walk the life that He's called us to walk, to live Christ-like, okay? Through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, through the knowledge of Him, this is where it becomes so important to just know him more, right? But like, if, if I don't renew my mind to, to who Jesus is and to his love for me and how he sees me, I'm just going to like live my life however I want it to live. I'm going to just be uh, living from a place of like, I just forget who I was. Like, it's almost like, um, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm just going to keep going. I don't want to ran on too far. Okay. "...who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises." That through these promises, you may be partakers of the divine nature. Through these promises, we may be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So our way to escape the ways of this world is through the promises of God. And where the promises of God found they're founded in the word. If we don't know what the word says, if we don't know how God sees us, our new identity, what he says we can do, (coughs) excuse me, if we don't know these things... It's going to be pretty tough to be a partaker or a sharer of the divine nature, and it's going to be pretty hard to escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. But God has given us these promises that once we renew our mind to those, once we begin to see ourselves how God sees us, once we begin to see how much Jesus loves us, and once we begin to truly see what we can do through Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, once we begin to see those things, we then begin walking like Christ walked on this earth. Right? We begin walking in that fashion, empowered by the Holy Spirit. How? Because through the great and precious promises that God has given us, we can then be partakers of the divine nature. So we have to keep our minds set on these things. Now, going back to Colossians 3 to bring this thing full circle here, it says, If then you were raised with Christ, verse 1, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. All these things I'm talking about, you can't see in the natural. All these things I'm talking about, you cannot see in the natural. But it's through the eyes of faith that we can see these things. How do we see these things? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing cometh by the word of God. If we don't know how God sees us, if we don't know who we are in Christ, it is impossible to walk the way he has called us to walk. Because we'll just be doing it, well, you know, I'm just supposed to love. I'm supposed to love people. I'm, you know, love your enemy. That's what I've been told. Okay. Yes, I hear that. But Jesus says, John 15, verse 12, he says, love one another as I have loved you. If we don't spend time meditating on that, if we don't spend time just pondering that and just being in prayer, like Lord, show me how much You love me, and and He reveals it to us in His Word. It is so hard to love like He's called us to love because He says, "Love one another as I have loved you." All right. So there's a there's a, a little portion here that I want to read here, where it says what we think about what we consider is what we become now i just wrote that down we've we've heard the world even say those things but what does the bible say about it okay and, and, and I'm going in this fashion because we're called to set our mind on things above, things beyond what we see in the natural, not on things of the earth or what we can see. So things of what are beyond what we see are, are these identity verses of how God sees us. So what we think about, what we consider is what we become. Proverbs chapter 23, verse seven, it says, the first part of this verse it says, "For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. For as he thinks." In his heart, so is he. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So this makes sense when it comes to Romans 8. For those who live according to the flesh or according to their sinful nature set their minds or their thoughts on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. It's in the Holy Spirit we have our new identity. It's not in our old man. That old man has been crucified with Christ at baptism. That old man was buried with Jesus at baptism. We've now been raised from the dead through baptism just like Christ was, right? So what I'm getting at here is in, in our new identity, this is all in the Holy Spirit. This is all about in the Spirit. So those who, for those who set their mind on things of the flesh— Those who live according to the flesh set their mind on things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit set their mind on things of the Spirit. So, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. Now, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We are called to renew our mind. We're transformed by the renewing of our mind for the purpose of that we can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We are renewed by the renewing of our mind. or we, I'm sorry, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Now, in Colossians chapter 3, it says, simply it says, um, And I put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him, of Jesus, who created us. So we are renewed in knowledge according to the image of Him. Now, Holy Spirit just reminded me that there's a prayer in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17-23. to 23. I'm going to go ahead and pray that really quick, and we're going to keep going. But it talks about, like, this is a prayer that we can pray in line with and thank and praise God for, giving us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Because we know in 2 Peter that the that grace and peace is multiplied to us in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And as this divine power is given to us, all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him, through the knowledge of him, who calls by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these promises you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now there's a prayer here, because we can see here that there's this knowledge that As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Those who set their mind on things above, things of the Spirit, live according to the Spirit. So those who set their mind on things above and on things of the earth, those are the people that live according to the Spirit. So how we live is what we set our mind on, okay? And this is very important here. This prayer in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 23, we can pray in line with this and just praise and thank God for giving us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So I'm going to go ahead and pray that over us right now. Father God, I just thank you that you are God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that you may give to us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you and Jesus, that the eyes of our understanding would being enlightened, that we may know what is the hope Of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe, according to the working of your mighty power, which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in the heavenly places? Far above all, principality and power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but what is also to come. And you put all things under Jesus' feet and gave him to be head over all things of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we can just pray in line with that and just thank God for giving us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him that our eyes of our that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. We can do this and pray this in faith and just know that he is gonna give us and provide us the revelation, knowledge of him. He brings that. We don't have to try. We just, Father God, I just thank you, and you just open your heart to it. And then as you start reading the Word, the Holy Spirit starts to highlight things to you. He starts to reveal things to you in regards to how God loves you, how God sees you, and all these different other things, okay? So... Um, it's so important that what we think about, what we consider, is what we become. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And those who live according to the Spirit are the ones who set their minds or their thoughts on things of the Spirit. So, the Word of God, I wrote a couple notes down here that I want to I read. The Word of God renews our mind to a detailed image of God's love for us, who Jesus is, and who we now are because of Jesus. We must look beyond what we see in the natural to what we can see in the spirit. So we have to see it through the Holy Spirit. So, so someone that's not a believer is going to look at this and be like, Rob, you sound literally crazy. So the word actually tells us that, that like literally like these things will sound ridiculous to people that don't believe. But, the, but people that are spiritually minded will understand and will see this. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals these things to us, okay? We are called to walk by faith and not by sight. By knowing the word of God, our thoughts can become more detailed to what we are supposed to focus on. All right, so I wrote down this little scenario that I always say to people that um, just when it comes to thinking in golf, it's like, you know, if I, had, if I taught two kids, let's say they're both 12 years old and they both have the same potential, they have the same skill set, and I like just picture like two clones, like two kids are identically the same. I talked to one privately and I said, hey, listen, I want you to focus. As, as much as you can on how you want the ball to go in the hole. I want you trying to make everything. I want you to become so detailed focused on how that ball goes in, and I want you to become so focused on executing the shot. Right. I want you to become so focused on that. And then I have another kid, the second kid. I go talk to him privately, and I say to him or her, I say, hey, listen, here's the deal. I want you to focus so much. I just want you to just try to hit the ball close. Just hit it close. Don't try to focus on it going in. Just focus on hitting the ball close. Just get it near the hole. Okay, you can focus on that, but you know, just get it, just get it near the hole. That's all I want you to focus on. In two or three years, which person, which kid is going to be better? Which one is going to reach a higher, higher potential? The one that's obviously thinking more detail on how the ball goes in. Why? Because he's focused so intently on what he wants the ball to do, and his his target is smaller. It's more detailed. It's more focused. So the same thing here is like you know, if we have like. We have two believers here, right? They both love the Lord, right? They both love the Lord so much with their whole heart. And one is so focused on just like, just, you know, just getting close, right? And just, you just do it and just live in life or whatever. Then you have one so focused and is detailed focus on what the word of God says about him, how much God loves him, etc., cetera, et cetera. Which one is going to walk in a more Christ-like manner? I, you know, yes, empowered by the Holy Spirit, both can do this. But we position ourselves by just setting our mind on things of the Spirit and becoming more intently focused on what God has said. We can actually position ourselves to then walk in this fashion. The Word of God is so important. It is so important. I'm just saying please, please, please spend time every day just slowly reading the Word of God. Start slowly seeing how God loves you and how He sees you because once you know your identity, then things will follow. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you. This is the Jesus Golf Guide Podcast.